You're listening to a curated podcast from the Beyond Infinity radio program broadcast live on Tuesdays from 11am from our Mornington studios in Victoria, Australia. Listen live on 98.7 or 98.3 FM or stream live from rwpfm.com.au. Presented by me, Piers Cunningham. And me, John Young. Let's get stuck into our science and technology news for the week. The Europeans have just brought in some new rules regarding privacy. These are known as the GDPR, European Union rules, and they have triggered a a whole swamp of emails Mm -hmm. that will have filled up the world's inboxes about, uh, we're updating our privacy policy, blah, 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 blah. And John's actually got a a bit of a news update about repercussions of that just a bit later in the news. But I just thought I'd mention that uh, Apple has actually introduced a new page it's called privacy.apple.com. It's actually only available for the US at the moment, but I believe it, it is going to be rolled out for the rest of the world. And this is in response to these tougher GDPR rules that have been introduced, laws with, with very heavy fines. So if you want to find out about what data Apple keeps on you, mm-hmm. then you can go to that website, privacy.apple.com. As I said, only in the US for the moment, but will be rolled out elsewhere in other territories in due course. And this allows you to actually see and you can actually manage it as well. I think you can you can choose to delete it. You can... You yep. can uh, you can have a good look at what they know about you and what they've been collecting through your use of their devices. Now, if you're on Android, Google has a similar page. and you, In fact, you don't have to be on Android just to, to want to get access to this. If you use Google Maps on your iPhone, then Google is collecting information about you. If you use Gmail, same thing applies. So the way to find out what Google knows about you is just log into your Google account or your Gmail, same thing. Look for the tab My Activity through this tool. If you want to stop Google tracking your web activity, you can go to manage your Google activity. So yeah, just to reiterate, Google account, my activity, manage your Google activity, and you'll be able to see what all the little juicy bits of information that they've been <laughs> storing for you for years and years, and actually manage that if you choose to. Just moving on to the news, sadly, another of the moonwalkers, those 12 very special individuals who mm-hmm. were lucky enough to walk on the moon in the late 1960s and early 1970s, well, Alan Bean was on Apollo 12. He was the lunar module pilot, the fourth person to step foot on the moon. He died last Saturday, the 26th of May, 2018, aged 86. He commanded the second crewed flight of Skylab for two months as well. So he was quite an accomplished astronaut. And then later in life, he actually became a, an artist. Mm, you're right. So he uh, he's responsible for some beautiful paintings of the surface of the moon. And he actually believed that because he'd been there, it meant, meant that he was more qualified than anyone else to actually <laughs> yeah. paint the surface of the moon, which well, is probably true. That's a fair point. Yeah. yeah. Now, there are actually only now four moonwalkers alive still. Buzz Aldrin, aged 88, from Apollo 11, the second man on the moon. Dave Scott from Apollo 15, he's 85. Charles Duke from Apollo 16 is 82 years old. And Harrison Schmidt, the second last man on the moon from Apollo 17, is aged 82. So a diminishing club of people who actually, the only people in the world, only people ever in history to walk on another celestial body. Yeah, for the time being. Yeah. Indeed. Well, for quite, quite a while, yeah. unfortunately, it seems to be that way. Last year, or maybe the year before, we talked about NASA's EM drive. And this had the promise and the story that we did was it very popular podcast of ours actually it's still on our website you can search beyondinfinity.com.au if you want to find that and have a listen to it it claimed that there was this sort of mysterious propulsion system mm-hmm. you didn't need fuel you could just you could get propulsion out of a vacuum and yep. how this worked they couldn't explain it defied the laws of physics and yet they and nasa yep. even backed this and this is potentially embarrassing for nasa the american space agency which kind of prides itself on being founded in pretty good science mm-hmm. really but they did back this 
at the time it was, it was stated that it was a physics-defying system for thrust, and uh, they couldn't really explain it, but they nevertheless believed it actually worked. Mm-hmm. Now, it turns out, according to researchers uh, at the Technical University of Dresden in Germany, uh, that uh, this physics-defying thrust system is wrong and possibly the result of interaction with the Earth's magnetic field. The idea of relativistic effects, so that's tied to Einstein's theory of relativity, defies all known physics, so can probably now be dismissed. But that's not deterring the Chinese who are still apparently uh, working hard on the idea and possibly along with DARPA, which is the American uh, Defense mm-hmm. Special Research, uh, part of the, the U.S. defense establishment that uh, has all these little weird, quirky projects that it yeah. works on as well. Sometimes you have to test these crazy ideas because sometimes you find out uh, results that were uh, unexpected and therefore can be utilised in other areas. Yeah, you, you and look, know. what I read anyway, and we'll, we'll publish the links on our show notes for the week, what I read was that, that you know there was a small possibility that there was a, a very, very minuscule amount of thrust that might be there, they mm-hmm. couldn't account for, but overall they're kind of saying that they just don't think it stacks up very well and look just finally before i hand over john for the remainder of our science and tech news apple's airplay 2 has been released and this allows you to hook up your speakers to your music via the airplay 2 system it's kind of a welcome thing apple is late to the party google has the google home experience which allows you to connect into you know speakers that are connected that way whether i mean there's bluetooth but there's also your your google system which means you can just cast it to your speakers and play the spotify or videos etc through there yep it'll let you do things like if you've got a home pod mm-hmm. which is uh, you know your little speaker apple's own, yep. yep apple's version of google's got a similar system as has uh, amazon with the alexa you can have two home pods which will actually function as stereo speakers instead mm-hmm. of uh, mono speakers but a bunch of other devices and brands are supported by this airplay 2 system now including sonos denon and marantz bose bang and olufsen beats name Diviolet, dynaudio polk macintosh bowers and wilkins libretone definitive technology and blue sound they're all signed on to be part of this and, and actually i think google home will allow you to stream to it as well yeah, so right. quite okay. you know, pretty broad support yeah, even, even from good. even yeah. from apple's competitors yeah. so that'll be welcome news for people who are apple people you know apple fanboys as fanatics yes as, uh, <laughs> as uh, john likes to uh, reprimand now and again uh, this was announced at wwdc 2017 craig federici he sort of talked about it then well now it's been released several months later you can get that i think it's going to be with the next update to the ios it'll be ios 12 mm-hmm. which i think is in beta at the moment mm-hmm. so keep an eye out for that one if you're uh, an apple person that's going to give you a way of streaming to uh speakers throughout your house yeah great john what have you got for us well, you mentioned in that piece about the amazon alexa and in a past episode we've actually talked about uh, my concerns or, or people's concerns about the security and privacy of these devices mainly because they're waiting for keywords to then perform a task and if you say a certain keyword that then activates it you know you don't know what else it's recording so you know, hey Alexa, for example, then it starts up and you say, well, what's the weather going to be? Or tell me about my day and it will report back to you you what's stored in its system. What we don't know is then what actually does happen to the recordings that, uh, that, you know, maybe surreptitiously listening in the background, Mm. what's happening. And a family in the United States has actually found out what can happen when things go wrong. Mm. Uh, Basically, they, they had their Amazon Alexa on in the background and it recorded a private conversation in their home 
and it actually sent it to a random contact on their contact list. And that contact called them and said, look, you have to turn off your device because it's sending me all this audio data. Hmm. Now, basically, after many calls or you know, contact to Amazon, they were sort of saying, oh, okay, thanks for alerting us. We'll have a look into it. Hmm. Uh, but they have come out and basically said that the Echo has kind of woken up to maybe a word that has sounded like Alexa. Then it has uh, heard the conversation and it's heard something that maybe represented send message. Alexa's then asked, you know, to whom? And uh, the background conversation must have suggested a name just through the normal conversation there. Then when Alexa confirmed the name to this contact, it must have then interpreted another part of the conversation being as yes or correct or right and then has actually forwarded that on. So Amazon have come out and said this is not an error of the system in, in so far as it was listing for the keywords to then act on that. Okay. So it probably suggests that there might be some future updates to the way that it accepts and confirms audio. But again, just highlights my concern about these systems in yeah. and what they're storing and what particularly what they're sending. Yep. Yeah. Now, in the start of the program, we were talking about the GDPR laws, which did come into effect last week and as we mentioned and as you mentioned in your um, news as well uh, you've been seeing a whole lot of emails come through and a lot of these emails are basically sort of a, a take it or leave it type uh, system and what you're probably seeing is you know we have updated our, our privacy policy or new privacy terms this is sort of a it's, it's a weird situation because you're not really accepting those terms. You're just receiving a notification of new updated terms and therefore it's a take it or leave it. You don't click on a link to then say, yes, I'm happy with this and this is what I allow you to send or store. Right. It's just basically a... Here's the new terms, deal with it. Okay. And this has actually led to a complaint which has been filed against the likes of Facebook, Google, Instagram, and WhatsApp. Mm. And that came within hours of the new law coming to effect. And it was by a privacy group called no, or noyb.eu, noeb.eu, okay. uh, led by activist Max Schrems. And basically he's saying that uh, people are not being given the free choice. What is expected is that people, as I said, should have the opportunity to choose what is collected and allow them to choose what can be advertised or, or sent to advertisers in terms of coming you know, to, to them. Okay. This could mean fines. It could basically mean potential restrictions. Some companies are even preventing their services from being used, in particular in the EU, because they're concerned about uh, not complying with, with the laws. Really? As, as, yeah, exactly. Wow. So, and those massive fines that are potentially there. Yeah, £17 million is what's sort of quoted in this uh, article that I had to flick through. But Google has come out and said, you know, we build privacy and security into our products from the very earliest stages and are committed to complying with EU general data protection regulation. WhatsApp have yet to respond. And Facebook have been saying that they've spent 18 months preparing to make sure it meets the requirements of the GDPR. So it will be tested in the courts. We'll see what happens. But it is good that we have uh, these privacy advocates uh, coming out in support of um, you know the regular you know, consumers and users of these products. Mm-hmm. There was a change of government in uh, in South Australia some months ago, and that brought a big you know cloud or concern over what would happen with the 50,000 uh, power virtual power system of, of Tesla's. Remember okay. the, the previous Labor government right. they had committed with a plan with and whether Tesla. that was going to be renewed or, or accepted by the new government exactly because going into the uh, elections there was talk from the the liberal government of uh, their own system of 40,000 home power packs or battery packs but the concern was that that would
would be highest bidder or, or those who could afford it would be getting into that system to, to potentially save the government money. What it actually looks like now that uh, both systems would be in play in that uh, 50,000 homes to those who could uh, certainly need them, you know, can't afford or have difficulty with their electricity bills mm-hmm. uh, will certainly be um, you know, in the front of the queue essentially for these. In addition to that, the 40,000 more private consumers who can afford it looks like they'll be uh, have the potential for those as well. The AESC, the Australian Energy Storage Conference, Energy Minister Dan Van Holst uh, Pelican has now clarified the government would implement both plans. Uh, he has said that it's very important to be clear about this. We are honouring the existing commitments around the Tesla Virtual Power Plant, the VPP. Mm-hmm. Uh, the VPP project is currently proceeding with two trial phases as planned. The trial phases involve installation of home energy systems on 1,100 housing SA homes. These are supported by a $2 million government grant and a $30 million loan from the state government. Subject to private finance and the first two phases of success, the third phase could grow up to 50,000 home batteries connected to the new solar installations. And this is in addition to our government's 40,000 home election commitment. So that's um, good news. We were concerned, but I'm very pleased to report that that will be going ahead at this stage. Thanks for listening. And head to beyondinfinity.com.au for the best bits from the live show or to connect with us on social media. We welcome your feedback and suggestion for future shows.